Hello, I'm Deb Han. Welcome to Ambassadors, the podcast. I firmly believe we're all here in service of each other in some way, shape or form. For some, it's to teach, others to help, for some to make, and for others to sell what you make. I could go on, but bottom line, we're all part of a rich tapestry of life and we each contribute to our own patch of the weave. Some do this with more conviction than others. Now, if like me, you're fascinated and inspired by the works of people, then you're so in the right place. Ambassadors is a podcast rich in conversations and messages dedicated to bring faith into focus. And by faith, no, we're not going to church, unless you're referring to the my body is a temple kind. Because for me, faith is about finding and then following answers in the heart. See what I did there? Finding answers in the heart. That's faith. So listen to the stories and experiences of those who have found and then followed their heartfelt answers. Allow their stories to inspire your own version of what's possible. Because if they can do it, so can you. Let their story show you a way forward. Enjoy. Heads up, beautiful people. This episode does contain some deeply personal and intense traumatic experiences that some listeners may find distressing. So please do proceed with caution. Thank you. There's a notion that simply states, show me the child and I'll show you the adult meaning the traits evident in the child will in all likelihood manifest in their adult life. Today's guest is a beautiful example of exactly this. Her story starts as a five-year-old girl serving cups of tea to her nannies. Serving cups of tea in the finest of China, you understand. And now, as a mother of five herself, how her servant heart continues to serve way more broadly. In this episode, we meet Lisa Pavlakis, speaker, author, coach, humanitarian, and as you'll hear, so much more than any of these labels. While her journey may have started instinctively serving tea to her nannies, her life story goes on many twists and turns, many deep traumas, high triumphs. Lisa doesn't hold back as she shares some of her most intense and seriously life-threatening experiences from her childhood, from her teen years, and then in her early adult years as she made her humanitarian way into some of the most troubled regions of our world, all in the name of service and difference. Listen in for Lisa's transforming reframe on PTSD and the real message behind overcoming to become. Really hope you enjoy this message. And if you want to find out more, I've dropped the links to her webpage and therefore then her foundation and, and all of her social channels. So strap yourselves in team. And I look forward to uh, hearing more from you about this episode. See you on the other side. Are you ready? Yep, totally ready. Were you like born ready? I'm like totally born ready. <laughs> Hey, Lisa, how you doing? Hi, Deb. I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. Very, very good, actually. And um, and I do just, I have to say congratulations. You're out of lockdown. Melbourne's free again. You know, 
dancing in the street, party time, all of that? Cool. It's so cool. I'm so excited because tomorrow I'm going to go out with some girlfriends and I got a really beautiful dress, makeup. It's going to be a bit weird though. How are we going to put makeup on and then have a mask? <laughs> I'll have half, half my face with foundation, the other half no foundation. Yeah. I've actually, have you seen the masks where the, like it's actually a made up face? So it's actually, you know, the, the mask is like a, a made up, made up, you know, makeup and red yeah. lips and, you know, whatever else. No, I haven't seen it. But I do call myself a very confused Muslim girl because uh, <laughs> I am actually of Islamic faith. Confused in the way, I guess, because I was raised in Australia for a really long, like since I was young. So I'm quite modern. Um, and, and so here I am, you know, covering half my face like a good Muslim girl, but then, you know, having cleavage. So very confused. <laughs> my has cleavage, so yeah. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. All right. So listen, well, tell us a little bit uh, about who Lisa Pavlakis is. How did you get to be this modern Muslim confused girl? <laughs> well, um, who am I? I used to, I used to say, I am a human rights activist. I am an empowerment speaker. I am, you know, a keynote speaker, having spoken in six continents to more than a hundred thousand people. Um, I used to have all these labels, but I've really now just simmered it all down to really be true to myself. Who, who is Lisa? Lisa is a mother of five. And a proud mother of five. Lisa is someone who loves to cook. She is a try-hard chef. And uh, she is someone who believes in, uh, you know, stoicism philosophy. Uh, so who am I? You know, I'm just someone who just is, is all the things not, not speakerish. Yeah. I love how you just simplified that down because that's what we all are really, right? We're all, you know, who we are in the world, getting around, loving who we love and so on. And like you said, all those other things are, are labels, you know, yeah. they're, all, they're all labels. But can we talk a little bit about the, the human rights piece for a moment? Because a lot of, much of that is kind of what spurred you into the, what you do as a speaker right yes very much so what what can you what can you tell us about that part of your world that really ignited what you do now and keeps you fired up around around that you know I think it started from when I was a little girl I was raised in Malaysia uh in quite an affluent family and I remember growing up we had a lot of nannies that would live with us live in nannies and um, you know, the nanny's job was not just to take care of us, but they would cook and serve us. And then they would eat in their own quarters, in the separate quarters, but we would eat first and they would eat last. And I would always remember um, growing up as a kid where um, I really didn't understand why they couldn't eat with us. And mm. so when my parents weren't at home, I would take out my parents' most fine china and I would put it out on the table and I would go and serve my nannies. So I think, you know, who I am today was always within me, even as a little girl. Mm. I think the universe will show us signs and we'll never be able to see the signs. 
But at one point in your life, you'll be like, you'll be able to connect the dot and go, you know what? I'm actually doing what I was born to do. Yeah. What I'm doing today as a speaker was always within me. It started as a kid. Yeah. And there were plenty of signs and some signs were really difficult to digest, but I'm sure we're going to talk about those signs. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so I love that piece around what you did as a, as a child and how you recognize that's the sort of the connecting the dots. So, so what was the dot that, that actually, you know, you went from serving your nannies, right, to serving humanity? Like, how did you get into that zone? Because, man, you had some experiences when you were, you know, um, you know, serving as a humanitarian, for example. So what can you yeah. tell us about that? Or even well, how that leap came to be, even. Yeah, sure. Um, with all pleasure, I'd love to share to your audience. <laughs> Hope to inspire them. Um, when I was six years old, I uh, was um, being cared for by one of my uncles from my father's side. It's really important for me to say my father's side because I also have uncles in my mother's side and I don't want yeah. uh, anyone to think that, oh my God, it was one uncle who was actually really awesome. No. So this was an uncle who was from my father's side and, and he would take care of me as a kid, but unfortunately he took care of me in ways that no uncle should. He did things to my body that no child should have to endure. And so at a very young age, I was susceptible to um, sexual trauma. That was really, really difficult for me because I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to communicate about it. Um, when I was 12, my parents decided to migrate to Australia. Um, and then um, when I was 14, my parents came back home to Malaysia for a holiday whilst i was at home for a holiday unfortunately for me i was raped by my cousin and that was a really really difficult thing for me because this time at 14 um you know i had a little bit of a voice mm. i knew what had happened was so wrong still felt a lot of guilt and shame because i loved my entire family i didn't want to, I didn't want to cause any rift between my family. Mm. I did the best that I could to speak out at that time. But when I did speak out, I was the one that got in trouble. So much so that I brought so much shame and rift to my entire family that uh, the only way out for me was either to attempt suicide or to run away from home. Um, and after many failed attempts of suicide, thankfully, I ran away from home at such a young age. So I started becoming homeless at the age of 16. Wow. Um, and so I was living in the streets of Melbourne and, and you know, had a lot of tenacity in me, found my way out of homelessness into shared accommodation and also found myself um, falling in love for the first time, which was fantastic, but yeah. also um, quite scary because when you go through abuse at a young age and it is not handled by adults around you in a way that you should be protected, right? What happens is, is you don't know anything about boundaries and mm. you don't know how to have any healthy boundaries. So by the time I attracted a boyfriend, he, he was so wrong for me and I didn't have any healthy boundaries in how to say no. Yeah. What you're doing to me is wrong. By the time I was 18, he was so violent that I had to have the right-hand side of my face reconstructed. 
And finally, I had the courage to break away from this relationship that was not serving me because it, it was so bad. Um, and when I did, I enrolled myself into school and I tried to do a lot of work on myself, you know, to be the best that I could be. And unfortunately, one day walking home from school, as if uh, I am born for bad luck or something, um, I was kidnapped by a stranger and taken away for uh, many hours, tormented, abused, and almost murdered. And I survived that ordeal. Mm. It's a really, really long, long story because I'd have to spend hours with you. But the good news is that I have a novel that's coming out. It will be in bookstores in America and Australia next year. Mm. Um, and that explains the entire journey, but it's also a self-help memoir. Yeah. Um, which is which is good for audiences but I think that was the catalyst that sort of made me start to realize that you know I have a voice and that just because all these bad things have happened to me domestic violence sexual trauma kidnap um, even if I don't have anyone supporting me or standing by my side or defending me or bringing justice to me I have a voice and I have the power to bring justice for myself and the voice of others. Yeah. A year later, I became a single parent um, and I had a, a baby boy and being a single parent and also having a lot of trauma uh, just puts you in a place where you feel extremely powerless. Yeah. The only way that I knew how to give myself power was to become an entrepreneur. One, to feed my child and two, uh, to give myself the power that was taken away from me. And I became a really fantastic entrepreneur. I has, had established great businesses like the first Miss India International Beauty Pageant for Australia. I went on to take on a failing cafe that my brother um, had given to me. And I turned that cafe around to make it really successful. Then I married my, I found, married my husband um, and, you know, he had a, a tailoring business and I went on to open up, you know, quite a few tailoring outlets with him. Mm -hmm. And life was really su successful. You know, we had four children, four more children, so we had five kids, but I was never happy yeah. because every time a woman got murdered or someone got raped or someone got kidnapped, I felt like I was constantly being triggered mm -hmm. that I had to do more. And that I had the power to do more because I understood what this pain felt like. And so that's when I decided to write my story, which took seven years to write. Wow. And um, in the process, fell into keynote speaking. And um, it's been probably about six years I've been keynote speaking. I've spoken in six continents to more than 100,000 people. I've been on press all around the world. I don't do interviews much, but Deb, because I absolutely love you and adore you and look up to you, you are a vision in, in light. You're a vision in my heart. You're someone that I just tremendously respect and admire and adore. I am so proud that you've given me the honor to be on your podcast today. So thank you. Uh, you are so welcome. And oh my goodness, it's, you know, from, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I know that, um, I, share, I I can't wait to read your memoir. What's your memoir going to be called? 
Well, it's called Voiceless No More, A Journey from Terror to Triumph, but the title might change. The, the publishers might want to change it because I have a whole new tagline. Okay. And my tagline is uh, Becoming by Overcoming. Oh, beautiful. Wow, that's that works. And that, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, I, I really – I can't wait to read that because I know – I know there's so much more to your story. You've you've just given us a couple of dots, and there are some pretty deep valleys in your in your journey that you've had to overcome some really significant battles. That's you know certainly the, the homelessness, the, the the sexual trauma and abuse, and um, and the various illnesses and and other events in your world that you've that you've really navigated. But so much grace now, you know. You, it's really interesting to hear you talk about yourself as a as the, you know as the young child the five-year-old serving your nannies right and like you said that is like that was planted that sense of service was planted in your heart as a child and you've gone through this whole life experience to see where that servant heart can play out now right yeah. you see how you can show up for women of abuse, of trauma, of neglect, disempowerment and, and so on. And you've got that voice and opportunity now to get alongside them and and yeah, be the champion for them. Yeah. So what tell me now about if if you will um I don't know, is was there a moment in your adult life, right, that really kind of lit that torch for you what was can you think of a moment you know in in your adult life that just said nah now's my time now's my time to make a difference definitely I think that was when I um heard about Jill Ma's death and I don't know for any mm. any Australian or anyone internationally who who have who hasn't heard about Jill Ma's story she was a woman who was walking home from a bar and she was raped and murdered that was a very significant moment for me because uh I I understood what it felt like to almost be murdered you see for me when I was almost murdered I was fully naked and the man he had a knife against my body going around my chest and my stomach and he had asked me to recite my last rites so you know I understood seconds 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 before you're about to get killed you know and so I felt like Jill Ma's not here to to share her story but I'm alive yeah. to share my story on behalf of Jill Ma and people around the world right it's not just women it's you know people in the LGBT community trans uh you know men that men you know people uh, suffer in the hands of abuse and trauma all around the world. Animals, you know, suffer in, in trauma. Mm. And I just want to be an advocate for people who have been touched by trauma to say, yes, you know what? Trauma gives us PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. But trauma also gives you the ability to be P, powerful, T, triumphant, S, successful, and D, determination. So whoever who's listening to this, if you have been touched by some sort of trauma and you suffer from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, you also 
have the power to change your narrative and be powerful, triumphant, successful, and be absolutely determined to live the life that you want to live. I love that. That is a reframe of spectacularness. Absolutely brilliant. I love that you reframed that whole PTSD piece. That's that's such a gift. That is such a gift. Um, so tell me then, or share with our listeners, if you will, yeah. like how can people access you now? Like, or how do people access you even? Well, I have a website, uh, www.lizapavlakos.com. Um, for speaking engagements, um, they can go onto my website, uh, can, can get in contact with my agent or I'm with some of the speaker bureaus around the world. Um, and uh, social media channels, Facebook, Instagram. Cool. I'll drop all of that into the into the show notes so people can jump yeah. onto your website and 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 find those channels for themselves but even so aside from aside from jumping onto that how do people become aware of you like so you know someone's listening to this now and I don't know just how how do they how do they go from feeling like trapped with their PTSD feeling you know trapped with this this trauma or you know just feeling less than and victimized and traumatized and so on and then how do they how do they go oh, Lisa that's my person how how where how do you even come into their spectrum so to speak well you know they just have to jump on YouTube I guess and just <laughs> on YouTube. yeah and, um, I've got plenty of um, show reels and little documentaries and motivational videos yeah you know me I mean I think there are so many people out there who are marvelous I mean you are my mentor you taught me how to be the transformative coach that I am today right yeah so if you want to deal with the best of the best of the best around the world people you've got to go to deb han <laughs> but but i'll pay you later thanks lisa <laughs> but um you know i think there are so many people out there that you can access not just me but mm. in finding the right person you have to find the person that you just get along with it's like finding the right hairdresser or the right tailor mm. right just find the person that you get along with look my area of expertise is entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism and also i do a lot of trauma work yeah uh, because you know that's my background that's my experience um but you know i i work on okay the, the trauma has occurred now what choices are we going to make to walk towards ptsd powerful triumphant success and be so determined yeah because that's my version of ptsd how yeah. how do you become the person you want to become by overcoming? Yeah. You know, uh, so, you know, it's very easy to find me. Yeah. Perfect. Whatever. So, yeah. Perfect. Can I ask you a couple of experiential questions? Is that all right? Ask me anything you want. To <laughs> no, well, because, you know, you mentioned before about, you know, your YouTube channel and, you know, some of the, the show rules you've got there, for example. You know, some of the things that, um, and so you haven't touched on really is, you know, when you've gone into Africa or when you've gone into India, or you've gone into like, and this is, this is a piece that I, I think. I know what, I know what you want to hear. <laughs> you know what you want me to talk about. And what, well, like when you go into the slums and when you're getting alongside these people and this, this, it's like, really, like, how do you get there? Like, you know, what is it that takes you to those places and spaces and not just 
hanging out in the fancy conference rooms where the privileged have the opportunity to pay to hear you. Like you, you're getting yourself into, you know, those areas where you can show up in contribution and service. That makes sense? Yes, yes, very much Can you so. tell us about some of those experiences that you've had and, and yeah, the, the difference great. that's made to you? I'm happy to share some great and some not so great circumstances. Yeah. Um, so I started a foundation called the Lisa Pavlakos Foundation. How original. Anyway, um, um, and I just, when I would be invited to conferences in the Philippines or in Africa or wherever, I would then take myself to the slums because I just found those places being my happy place. Mm. Love the slums, really. I just, I reckon the people in the slums and in the orphanages, they're just my tribe because, you know, money doesn't make you and define you what you wear, what you carry, the house you have, none of those things make you. I think it's your resilience, it's your tenacity, it's uh, what, what you stand for, it's what you overcome. You know, those people, they're my tribe, right? Mm -hmm. And so whenever I was hanging out in the slums or the orphanage, I just felt at home and at peace and at ease because we were like-minded people who had gone through adversity and yet, just because I'm now a speaker didn't mean that they didn't have a chance to, to one day get themselves out of poverty some way, somehow. And I have worked with a lot of people around the world and I, and I have seen them thrive, mm. thrive in their businesses, thrive from overcoming really bad uh, situations yeah. um, that they've had to overcome. I also had an experience which I think is such a blessing of an experience I was traveling to uh, Nigeria and we had a stopover in the Middle East I was with my cameraman and my assistant and my camera and man and assistant said to me you know we want to go sightseeing and uh, I said oh I think it's best we just hang out in the in the hotel no it's like as if you're thinking we're going to Dalesford or something down the road, we're in the Middle East, we've got to look around. Okay, fine. So we get a driver and we're going around um, the Middle East and we're having a good time, unbeknownst to us, that uh, we are putting ourselves in a very dangerous situation, a situation because uh, it wasn't long before we were surrounded by military intelligence, were picked up and then put in prison, uh, facing espionage because military thought that we were perhaps Australian or American spies, only to find out that the military actually found evidence that our driver was an ISIS human trafficker that was taking us to the desert to uh, meet our fate. And the military intelligence found evidence of more than 350 people that had been murdered. And um, I, not just myself, my cameraman and my assistant and I, we live to tell the tale. Now, we chose not to come back and go straight to 60 Minutes. We chose not to do those things because we, we, we don't need to be a story while someone's watching, you know, having their dinner and just hearing a, a story. We, I chose to, to take that experience and say, you know what, the universe has now shown me another sign and that sign is not just to talk about what it's like to go through rape or domestic violence, or almost be murdered one-on-one. -on -one. 
Now it's time to talk about human trafficking at large, terrorism, mm. and um, and and what happens, you know, in the process, and what happens when you when you survive, and the changes you can make. My world is not a safe world. The work that I do is quite dangerous. Being a mother of five, it's uh, probably not the most smartest thing to do. But I do have a huge faith in God. Yeah spirituality and I know that I'm protected I'm probably a cat with nine lives because I probably should have died ages ago I'm still alive so um I'm just going to keep going yeah there's absolutely there's always experiences that we're going to face in life because this is life um, but it's what we do with the choices you certainly are a protected soul Lisa you absolutely are um and protected for a reason, seriously. I mean, you, you know, that you've, and I'm so grateful that you, as I speak on behalf of those that you have been the difference for and continue to be the difference for and will be the difference for as you move forward on, on mission. Um, thank goodness, you know, praise God that you are the protected soul that you are because you've been, you know, saved for, for, for good deeds for sure, right? <laughs> You're certainly on mission, girl. Um, so uh, I actually wasn't expecting you to share that. Well, you know. I genuinely was not on. I know about that, but I was not expecting you to share that. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Well, you know, I must also add that the military in the Middle East was also very good to us. Mm. And, you know, I definitely don't want to put down any particular country or, or discriminate anyone or anything. You know, things mm. happen. I always say things happen, life happens, but it's what we do after. Yeah. So tell me, you know, you say being a mother's a dangerous role these days. I kind of get that. Right? Mother of five. What is your hope for the next generation? Like, seriously, when you when you think about being a mother to the next generation, I mean, I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother now as well. Um, like, when you think about their future and, and, and hope for their future, what goes through your mind? For them to be strong enough to do what makes them happy. Mm. because when you do what makes you truly happy, that's your purpose in life. Your passion is your purpose. Mm. And all I want for my children and other children out there is do whatever makes you happy, because if hairdressing makes you the happiest, then that's your purpose, to transform people's lives through the haircuts. Mm. If it is to be a baker, it is to bake cakes to make people happy. If it is to be you know, in IT, whatever it is, use your voice. Don't be afraid to say things that have happened to you and don't mm. feel ashamed that people know your story. Um, I had a situation when one of my husband's cousins called me and she said to me, you are a disgrace. You are a disgrace because you talk so openly about how your son was conceived and he was conceived through, through crime, right? And you know, it is not your right to talk about that it is up to your son if he wants that to come out you know but my son has always been my king no matter how he was conceived like i've always loved him and mm -hmm. and i am not a disgrace because you know what i i educate women on a global scale that however your child is conceived you don't need to flush it down the toilet you don't need to dump your child you know um and we can't change the things that have happened to us it is what it is, but we shouldn't be afraid to talk about how or why it happened. Mm, mm. 
what the change is is what happens next are we a victim or are, are we a victor hmm. so for all the people out there that think i'm a disgrace you know kudos to you i give you all the love and power to go and find your mission and talk about what's deep in your heart because if you find a threat in me it's because i shine something that you don't have within yourself and i pray to god that you find that love and that peace and that strength to to fight your 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 voice for whatever you think needs to be heard yeah perfect well said thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you um, oh there's so much i could so much i want to say and and we could chat for another hour so so easily and maybe maybe when your memoir comes out is an opportunity to come back you never know i'll always be on your podcast <laughs> always be on it oh goodness all right so listen um on that on that inspiring note like, yeah. i am i'm going to let you get on with your day you. uh you know you've got to go find that mask with the half made up face or something so that you can have it match your party dress so you can yes. go out and kick your heels up now that melbourne is liberated from yeah. the virus right? awesome it's fine it's fine it's awesome Actually, how, how did you, uh, just before I do let you go, and just out of little, you know, curiosity, how did you get through, what was it, three months of lockdown? Is that is that what it was? You know, three months of lockdown was blissful because I had a choice of being 10 years in prison mm. or, uh, in Middle East for facing espionage, which I wasn't, that's fine, um, or, or, you know, or, or, or being killed in, you know, being killed in the mm. desert or, or being killed um when i was kidnapped mm. or being with my five children in in a you know stable home where i could cook beautiful meals because we're so blessed you know victorians yeah. you know we were given so much as well you know um job keeper you know some people say well job keeper isn't much but people in africa don't have job keeper people in the philippines don't have job keeper you know so yeah. sometimes we have to be just really blessed for the things that we do have. And uh, so for the three months, it was absolutely wonderful for me because I had a chance to be with my children and cook and um, just, you know, rest. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? It's just thank you for highlighting the gift of being able to be present with your family, you know, because it's just, it's so important. And, you know, it's it's funny when you just said then about the the job keeper is it enough is it not enough I mean you know for those that were able to, to to qualify to receive that kind of support I mean you know governments around the world that haven't done that at all so we've been very very fortunate I mean I didn't get job keeper unfortunately but then we all had access to getting something yeah you know support. there was a woman that I met uh, and she's 90 years old oh no I think she was sorry not 90 she's very old maybe 70 something right sorry that was mistaken the age but she's been very old right and she had been a prostitute her whole life wow and of course now as she as she's getting older you know she can't make a living right and she doesn't have health care and she doesn't have food and she's in an environment where coronavirus is rife man she would have wished she had just even a quarter of what we had in australia yeah you know yeah, um, yeah. and so i think we're very blessed. Yeah. 
you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day um, and this woman was talking about, it, it was, they were talking about money, right? And, you know, how to, um, you know, make money and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she was, she was talking about how um, she was actually coming from a super grateful position when, and she said, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I get to hang out with, she said, I'm in the B club, you know, B stands for billionaire. Right. And she was just being kind of, you know, having a bit of a, a giggle about it. And she says, and, and she's gone, and I'm talking to this guy and he's just talking about how a million bucks is like chump change. Wow. And, and, she said, I stopped and I looked at him and I, and I said, it's all only good for you to say that, but you do know that half the world lives on less than $2 a day, right? Oh. And he was like, well, that's their choice. And she went, whoa. <laughs> she, was, she was just mortified by the arrogance of, of, of that deal. But, and, you know, anyway, I just share around that place of gratitude, being aware of difference you can make. I believe that, you know, we all have choices in this world and, mm. And at some point, of course, it's part of life. We're all going to die. And, you know, everybody has different beliefs. You might be atheist. You might, you know, be, you know, Muslim, Christian, Hindu, whatever your beliefs are. But before we die or just before we die or after we die, we're, we're going to have to answer for to some capacity of how we choose chose to live this world, you mm. know? And so in this world, I choose to live it in such a way that I can make a difference. That's the most important thing. And I know, Deb, that's what you do as well. Mm. You know, you'd certainly made a difference in my life. And so yeah, I want to thank you. you with all my heart. I love you. Thank you. Right back at you, girlfriend. So may that gorgeous five-year-old within who serves her nannies continue to serve the world and uh, and be the difference. I love that PTSD piece. That's what a, what a great narrative that can inspire and people truly transformative as are you thanks lisa thank you bye thank you i'm deb han and this has been ambassadors the podcast i trust you enjoyed this message for more episodes like this one subscribe rate and share and to discover your own faith-fueled mission statement pop on over to the debhan.com site and follow the prompts. I'd so love to hear about your experience. Stay in touch between Ambassador episodes by following me, Deb Han, on Instagram or Facebook. And by the way, that's Han, H-A-N-N. Okay? So, sure, come find us on Instagram or Facebook. And if there's someone's story you'd like to hear, drop me a line. I'll do my best. Thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, keep the faith.